Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think I literally made the Jules Verne Nautilus ride up in my head and attributed it to the Museum of Science and Industry. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the third hour of The Adventures of My Mind. Uh, otherwise known as The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on my talk. I'm Bradley. That's Paul McGuire Grimes along with Mike. But there should be a ride if there isn't. I swear I've been on one. It was like one of those rides where like the screen... It was like a ride that like moved around. Yeah. No, this is real. This happened. Was it at Disney? Could have been a Disneyland. Mm. Does anybody know out there? Please put me out of my misery. And, Send us uh, a message on social media. While we're waiting for that, um, can we go back to Britney Spears? Because yes. I can't let Paul McGuire Grimes leave the show without talking about the biggest story of last week, mm-hmm. which was Britney Spears' memoir, The Woman in Me. Now, you haven't read the memoir yet. I have not, nor have I listened to the Audible that's voiced by my my lovely Michelle Williams. Do you know anything about her recording that? Because uh, I, I think it was done all under secret because only like week the week before the book came out was it announced that she did it. And yeah. you know that that's recorded way in advance because it takes a long time to record an audiobook. And is that, that's not like a SAG after thing, right? No. That would have been like a completely different contract. Yeah. And just like a side gig. But I will say, I want to give kudos and I bet she will win a Grammy for a Grammy oh, for, for sure. sure. Because her, her performance, got. like there was something about, have you heard the clip of her? I've heard the clip where she does Justin Timberlake's voice. <laughs> yeah. That's the clip that's going around. But there's other clips. Like I should get you to listen to a part of it because... Michelle Williams, who narrates the audiobook of The Woman and Me, somehow inhabits Britney's voice without doing a parody or an impression of her. Mm. Uh, honestly, it was, as I was listening to it, it was like, whoa, I feel like this is a conscious effort by her to kind of inhabit Britney's voice, or somebody recognized in her voice when they were deciding who should do this a Britney quality, because there is definite speech. Like their speech patterns that sounded very Britney. Um, Michelle did play Marilyn Monroe in My Week with Marilyn. So she does have a history of playing real people of that kind of. Maybe then she, you know, sort of tap, listened to a lot of Britney it. and tried to bring that to her performance. Well, yeah. whatever she did, it was amazing. So I love Michelle. If you're going to read the book, I would recommend listening to the audiobook if that's something you can do. Some people just can't. I have a hard time with it. Focus that way. Focusing on it. Oh, I get it. Um, 
and that's just me. I get too distracted by other things. Or then if I'm if my mind is reading something and something's playing over here, I already have to basically know it or can double focus if I'm going to do that. Yeah. Speaking of lack of focus, before we move on, because I would love to, I want to catch you up on something that Lance Bass said about Brittany and mm-hmm. Justin, which was kind of one of the big controversies last week. Did somebody call in, Mike? Yeah, we had Faith call in. Okay. She maybe has an idea. Would you have been uh, to Magic Kingdom in the early 90s? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I went to Disneyland like so apparently there was a the pandemic there was a 20,000 leagues under the sea full ride but at Disney's Magic Kingdom but this was I'm looking at a picture of this was early this was like the I swear 90s. I got on this thing and it was one of those rides where like you get in it and then the screen at the front is like the you know mm-hmm. Like the front of the ship. Yeah. And then it was like a movie, but it was like kind of 3D. So as it's moving, like, you feel like you're going through it. I know it happened. Like, <laughs> I swear I didn't dream this. You're anyway. not thinking of the Back to the Future, right? Are you? Because I was on that no, one, too. No, but I know. It's yeah, like it's that. Like or that, like though? there's a Star ch- or there's a Star Wars ride like okay. that, too, in Disneyland where you get on the ride and it starts moving around. Like The last time I was at a Disney was Disney World when I was in high school. Mm. So we're really dating myself. Can we, speaking of dating ourselves, can we go all the way back to not that long ago? It was this weekend when they caught up with Lance Bass at yeah. the airport. Mike, can we play the clip of TMZ catching up with him? I don't know if we're going to listen to the whole thing, but he. Oh, actually, now yeah, let's let's play a little bit of it. Hey, have you bought Britney's book yet? Uh, I did. You I'm did. Decided to read it. You haven't started or you have? No, I'm I'm about to read it on the plane. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Or you can go the audiobook version. Which sounds amazing, yeah. <laughs> Which sounds really good. Michelle Williams does uh, most of it. Uh, maybe she should do my book. Oh, she could just be the new go-to. Uh-huh. Hey, a lot of the fans have been like coming at JT for various things in the book. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's fair or unfair? Look, I mean... Everyone has their own opinion. I just feel like the world is so full of hate right now. That we need to practice a little forgiveness. Yeah. Brittany did. So let's take a note from her. All right. So that was Lance Bass. They caught up with him at the airport. And he, you know, is basically saying, like, hey, look, Brittany forgave Justin. Let's all do this. Well, later in that clip, they ask him about a reunion, like, is InSync going to do a reunion? And it sounds like they're talking about something. He was very vague about it. And I thought, well, of course. And this was sort of. Uh, born out in the blind items, if there's any chance that there's going to be a, re- a be a reunion or something that Lance would be involved in, he's gonna he's gonna go easy on Justin Timberlake, right? So I wonder if his like, hey, let's just forgive and forget. That might be coming from a sense that he doesn't want to tick off, you know, Justin right before they're about to collaborate. Yeah, they're going to do a reunion. I do have that part if you want to listen to that part of it. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes, let's listen. The the, uh, TMZ guys just asked them that exact question. Here's his response. Uh, There was no plan for a tour. There was no plan for an album. We might be talking about it soon, but nothing in the works right now. No plan yet. Yeah. Crossing fingers, though. Yeah, no plan yet, but people are talking about it. So he doesn't want to get in the way of that. It's going to be a good PR move for Justin to do a tour and remind everyone of NSYNC so that they can. I still think there's going to be like three Britney people outside the venue. Of course there will be. With signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, really quickly, you got a text. 
Got a text from my husband. Yep. And? And he said, uh, is Bradley talking about the 20,000 Leagues Under yes! the Sea ride at Disney? That's exactly what it is. So there is a legit ride. But, but isn't I, that just what Mike said that the caller said? But that was the, that hasn't been around since the 90s, they said, on this. And mm-hmm. that was actually a sub you go in in the water that took you in no, water. No, this is not real water. This was okay. like, there's oh. a thing. We're getting closer. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to like three amusement parks in my life. It has to be the one. Is it a Six Flags? No. No. Six Flags isn't doing Jules Verne. It's got to be Disney. Everything I'm seeing is literally in water. This one, I swear it was like you get And it wasn't like a mine ride, like going into a mine. No, it was stationary. No, not an actual mine, but like the (laughs) concept of the ride was a mine no, there is a mine ride at the Museum of Science and Industry where you get in an elevator, you go down to the right. mine, and then you got get in this little mine car and you oh, drive yeah. around. Okay, okay, we'll figure it out, you guys. When Maybe. we have, what's that? Maybe. <laughs> Can we talk just about a dream that we're talking about? Am I in a dream right now? When we come back, we are going to revisit the passing of Matthew Perry. Talk about our reflections. Finally, get to the bottom of this mystery about the twenty thousand leagues under the sea ride at at Disneyland when we come back <laughs> right here on my my talk 1071 it's Don McLean for Livia weight control centers fall back into you what does that mean well it's fall right now and Livia wants you to find yourself again through their program you could lose up to 10 pounds or more in your first two weeks and right now you can get three months free if you mention me it's that simple three months free sign up today 855-GO-LIVIA or Livia.com. Just call them up and say, hey, I heard this from Don McLean on my talk and I would like three months free, please. I had a great time with Livia. You know, they, I lost weight with them and it was not difficult. Sometimes you think this is really going to be a rough road, but I'm telling you, I started the program and the pounds started to fall off. I didn't have to count any calories. It was just so simple. There's so many elements that go into losing weight and they know what those are because these are doctor recommended programs so once again three months free if you mention me think about all the weight you could lose before the holidays 855 go livia welcome back to the adventures of bradley and dawn on my talk 1071 streaming live and doing everything entertainment at mytalk 1071.com i'm bradley trainer in for the ride today paul mcguire grimes that's a journey to the center of the earth ride that we're on Buckle your safety belts. <laughs> Truly. In addition to remembering and reflecting on the life and career of Matthew Perry, who passed away this weekend, we have been kind of all over the map. We are going to continue to cover the untimely passing of Matthew Perry. And in the next segment, in fact, I want to have a conversation with you, Paul, because, you know, Paul loves television and movies, of course. It's his job. But we also share a, a love of another show. That was equally addictive as Friends was, and that's the Golden Girls. And I want to talk about what it is about Friends that created this bingeable experience. Um, So in the next segment, let's focus on that. But if you guys have thoughts about Matthew Perry, about Friends, about what made it special, feel free to drop us a line, drop us an email, and we'll add that to the conversation. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, when you think about Golden Girls, Friends, those two specifically, because it's just kind of, you know, you and I are Golden Girls fans, and Sex and the City is another great example. These shows are about friendships, and where each of the characters are so well written and performed that you instantly feel like you know them because of 
their quirks or their quips or their sarcastic one-liners, Chandler, Monica, um, Sophia, Dorothy, yeah. you know, like when you feel like you are one of those characters, whether you're a Samantha or a Carrie, I think it makes you feel within that world that you wish you could live in. You know, it's you wish you could live in New York and feel, be in this great apartment and have your friends live across the way from you and then poke a stick at ugly naked guy across the way. <laughs> you know, like you wish you yep. could do that. So then you want to spend all night and then it just becomes comfort, whether you are homesick on a rainy day or it's late at night and you're too lazy to get off the couch to then go to bed, you turn on your comfort yeah. zone. And it I truly think it is sits a, in that mindset of comfort. Yeah, it truly is like a, a, a security blanket, right? Yeah. Like it is something that it's predictable and predictability is comforting. And it's, but you can't just be predictable, right? Because predictable and boring, nobody's going to turn that on. Yeah. Like there are a lot of predictable shows that just don't grab people's attention or the culture in the way that Friends and the Golden Girls did. And maybe it's, you know, the Rachel haircut or it's certain episodes because it's the Thanksgiving episode of Friends where they're all playing football outside and then Phoebe flashes them. There's just like things like that you come back to or you you remember Ross and Rachel breaking up. It was we were on a break or them playing you um, you two's with or without you when they meet up again at Central Park. Like there's just these moments in Friends whether you were that age or not when the show aired, I think that also kind of plays into it. Um, also mean, interesting younger. that the show, it's like, I'm not trying to, you know, sort of like uh, unnecessarily poke or like, you know, criticize, but like, if you think about the show, but the same is true of the Golden Girls or any of the shows like this. Like, if you start to dig a little bit into like, wait a minute, like the premise, like, these they were all in New York and they all had these amazingly large apartments <laughs> and they all you know were dressed I mean, to the nines yes. but somehow were struggling like the same you could do the same thing with the Golden Girls right people were always like if they couldn't afford to live on their own and so they had to live together how come they could afford the like the most amazing wardrobes right. and, and you don't want to get too deep about about the premise you know you there's this oh there's always this question too of does it still hold up does the how does the humor stand up and i think overall with both of those shows the humor still holds up there are jokes that don't and punchlines that don't sure. or we don't think in those terms anymore um or even this fact of you know we talked about there's this conversation with real housewives of new york which is why that show got rebooted is how do you have a show about six close friends in new york and if new york is a big character in the show and there's not one person of color. Yeah, absolutely. You know, over time and time again. Absolutely. And the That'd same be is now. true of Friends. And the right. same is true of Golden Girls. And mm -hmm. the same is true of a lot of shows from the 90s, especially. I was thinking about how just classically 90s the like Friends was right. of a show. And I, I and they had big guest stars. Huge guest stars. Oh, literally, Brad everybody. Pitt, Julie, I was watching an Again, episode with Julia Roberts. Did the same thing, right? right. Like yeah. you just, it, you can tell a show is popular when you know the the leading stars of the day want to go on at a time when, by the way, television was seen as seen as sort of a step down. Mm -hmm. It was the first time actually that television was probably maybe looked at a little differently. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that, but it seems like you know at that time television, for the most part, it had to be really good if stars from you know right. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, 
Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Motion Pictures wanted to stop and do an episode. Yes, for sure. And it was, you know, Reese would pop in to do it, a guest arc as Rachel's sister. Um, and the, I think it was the Super Bowl episode that Julia Roberts was on. And this was a this is a, a Chandler moment. Is that the panties episode? Yes. Do we have it's that, the panties episode. by the way, Mike? I know, like, asking for the panties episode <laughs> is probably not the best way to... I don't think, but I can certainly Google it. Yeah, do, do a that. quick YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, let me... I will see if I can find that for you. It's in that article... Uh, in this segment, best Chandler Bing moments, and it's pretty. It's number two, actually. There's a YouTube video wherein I got it, and you can tell us the premise quickly, Paul. Well, the premise was is that Julia Roberts' character and Matthew Perry's Chandler were old, like grade school friends, and something happened, and it becomes the punchline of this prank, if you will. Do you want to take a listen? And this is when he enters the bathroom, and he's yeah. in the okay. Yeah, sounds good. Here you go. <laughs> Joey walks into the bathroom. So he's now trapped. Matthews or uh, Chandler's trapped in there wearing just his panties. Yes, because Julie Roberts' character took yeah. all the clothes. Joey, Mama? <laughs> Joey, Chandler, what are you still doing here? I thought you guys took off. Oh no no no! She took off with my clothes. Are you naked in there? Well, not exactly. <laughs> All right. <Wearing> panties. <laughs> as we go to break, we'll put that clip online and uh, we'll continue to remember Friends as we go into the next segment. Let's talk more about what the show Friends meant just for that generation and honestly for a much younger generation who was able to stream it online. I think that's one thing that has made Friends so iconic is that younger generations have flocked to it once it became streaming streaming on mm-hmm. Netflix. Uh, and we'll do that when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. joining us dear listeners it has been a heavy monday on my talk because we've been remembering the life of matthew perry i mean it's tragic but in addition to heavy it's just been also some fond memories Mm -hmm. being able to relive the talent and the career of matthew perry when celebrities die frequently those of us who love television and movies and pop culture will run to the things that made them famous and just relive those moments we played some of those moments and we talked about in the last segment paul uh, what made Friends such a lasting show, such a bingeable show? And one of the things I think that speaks to the success of Friends is that it 
it was able to pick up a whole new generation of audience thanks to Netflix and streaming. Yes. So it's been running in syndication like like on TBS or wherever, like I would say since it ended its run. And then you have, like you're saying, a whole new generation that are finding it now on Netflix, on Max, all 10 seasons are on Max, as well as the Friends reunion special that came out in 2021. And it's, I think when you watch it, it's it's that combination too of like writing, but then the casting you could cast that show in probably a very different different kinds of ways, and then you'd get different, different types of performances. But I think when you have six actors that click so well to their characters that there's like a synergy between actor and character that you can't force or you can't fake. And I think people and audiences feel that. You feel the like the love that Matthew Perry and I think Matt LeBlanc had for each other in portraying Chandler and Joey, and you feel that. And same with, you know, uh Courtney and Jen and Lisa. As the three of them, and you, I think when you feel that internally, you it makes you think about your own friends. You think about the Chandlers in your life, or the Monicas. I, you know, I am neurotic like Monica sometimes. Or the Chandler had like an every every guy kind of sensibility, yeah. and I think people could like that was your older brother in a way. And if it's a twenty, if it's twenty three minutes, and you just want to veg on your couch and turn on Netflix, and just like the next episode rolls, and there you are in a friend spiral, and knowing it was on ten years, you have so much. To choose from, and so yeah. many different you have episodes to have, that you love. If we were to to do a term paper or <laughs> a you know PhD thesis, like what makes a show bingeable or perfect for the age of streaming, it is have enough episodes, right? So you've got to have enough seasons. Mm-hmm. Have writing that is timeless, so it's it's funny but still relatable, and not not covering subject matter that is so specific to the time in which it was written. These are really truly human, human relatable qualities and foibles that we all experience. Again, I just relate it back to golden girls because to me that that was golden girls was my friends that Mm -hmm. way. Right. So I can turn it on wherever, whenever it gives me that security blanket, I can relate to the different characters and in some ways, younger generations have been able to relate to that show, too. I've been mm-hmm. fascinated by how younger generations can sort of become obsessed with a show that they weren't even alive for and in you think the about, same way. Yeah. And you think about going to the coffee shop with your friends yeah. and Gavin, bar, coffee shop or whatever. It 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 truly is. And, and it's another show that you can't replicate. I think there was always I think people wanted what's what show's going to be the next friends. Yeah. And you could it couldn't really happen because that's. You're just making a new friends, and it's really Will hard and to Grace, do that. kind of, kind of, but that kind was four, of, and like, and super, super mm, gay. Well, yes, so that there was that yeah. angle, and I think Big Bang Theory was another sure version of How that. I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah. So I guess lesser, but, lesser, but for every one of those, there was five or six shows that tried to jump on the bandwagon that that didn't last. For whatever reason, generic writing. Office. Uh, the Office is another one in terms of bingeable. Yes, and, and that is new audience generational. because they can yeah. just flip on Netflix and watch The Office. Yeah, I've watched that take off. I did want to just acknowledge some of the listeners who yes. sent an email. Yes, Brenda yes. said, "Friends was so awesome because they were my age doing stuff I was doing. Jennifer Aniston is one day younger than me. Gen X was not represented very much, and this show was so close to what I was doing at the time." My college roommate and I were both Rachel. Some friends were at times Phoebe. Some of our guy friends were Chandler, Ross, and Joey. We were part of them in some way all the time. Such a great cast and depiction of our Gen X life, which I will say was unique. Like, I can't, because I consider myself Gen X. 
I didn't relate to the show in that way. If any show at that time spoke to me, it was like Melrose Place. Right. You know, which is not like, and it's a soap opera. Right. So it's so not the same show at all. Um, but I don't, I just don't remember watching sitcoms at that time. So my, my awareness and appreciation of friends was very much late nineties, early two thousands, if at all. Yeah. And I was, I mean, if you're thinking about this time period, I remember being a kid, but in my love of sitcoms would range. And what I was watching was for, and this is across the, like, it's so random, but like friends, home improvement. I knew that show like the back oh, of my sure. hand. Um, and then TGIF, like the family matters step by step oh, hanging oh, with Mr. God. Cooper. Oh. Perfect, Perfect strangers. strangers with Belky. Belky, <laughs> Bartaka Moose. <laughs> so I, you know, this idea of generational giving a voice that that our listener just talked about. I was just, I've been, I watched The Breakfast Club recently and digging into that movie and how John Hughes didn't feel like he fit into his generation, but the next one below. Mm. So when he was writing all those movies, he was writing for that and why those movies are timeless is that he he knew that voice and how to write to that voice and then gave that those people a voice and characters that were not being represented on screen. And I think Friends was able to kind of get into that before all the knockoff. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mike, you grew up again. What was your relationship with Friends? Um, Just kind of knew it was obviously a very big deal, but I didn't spend a lot of time watching it through yeah. my early uh, life, but uh, did watch the final season quite closely. You know how big it was. Did you? I was right with uh, Paul. Yeah, Home Improvement was my absolute jam. Was it? I watched every, Yeah, I've watched that show six times probably. What was it about? Home? I I have an awareness of Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching, and it was sort of like one of those shows that you know, I would it, if I caught it, I would watch it. What What do you think it was about? Oh, Mike, you go. Um, I I don't know. It just it made it really easy to I guess um, for me to just relate to him, sports loving guy. But it was the show within a show quality that I just loved so much, and the tool time idea that you know you're shooting a show while you're on a show talking about it, very meta. And then he would do like the men's bathroom, and it yeah, would be like those this men's decked out bath bathroom or um bedroom, and it'd be like the souped up bedroom, or, or just having like you know it was a, it was a family sitcom, and like I was the age of the boys at the time, so I felt mm-hmm. like I could relate to Randy the the John the Taylor Thomas's character, and that's knowing he'd have these personal conversations with Al Borland, the next door neighbor behind the fence. Yeah, you know there's something, Wilson. and then there's Wilson. Yeah, um, oh Alice's best friend. Al's I can't believe I got yeah. that wrong. Yeah. Um. There's a relatability, and then the physical comedy that comes with a show like that, like Friends and Chandler's a very physical comedy actor. Uh, we could even date back to like Cheers. Cheers can be a very funny physical comedy show. I, Cheers is my favorite you know sitcom. The, the one that just keeps coming up in my head as you guys talk is Roseanne, which ugh, I, I just have See, such and that a... that was a, li- a little before my time. Same. Roseanne truly was a revolutionary show. Like that, I came of age as Roseanne was happening, and I just remember how... Like people reacted so viscerally. That show and then Married with Children, both oh, yeah. at the same time, were mm-hmm. rubbing people all the wrong ways because it their depiction was so true of like the well, not Married with Children, but like <laughs> but Roseanne, it was such an like such a un you weren't used to seeing people be it was not that my three sons or Harriet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Totally off topic from Friends, but I think it just speaks to the the things that speak to us on television. And Friends spoke to different generations for different reasons. And that's also a mark of its success because, you know, Roseanne was a great show. It did have sort of life coming back, but because of, I don't know, umpteen different reasons, it doesn't have that same staying power. I don't think that 
Friends will or that other shows like The Golden Girls will. It's something unique, and I'm yeah. sure the book has yet to be written on exactly all that went into that to make it unique. It certainly was the actors like Matthew Perry, mm-hmm. who we should say, by the way, I mean, we've been talking about his role in Friends and Friends writ large, but when it comes to his actual passing, we still don't know very much about what led to his untimely passing on Saturday. Very tragic nonetheless. He had posted to Instagram just a few days earlier from uh, the pool where he was later found unresponsive, and that was sort of a, you know, shockingly mm, coincidental, you know, um, occurrence on Instagram, and we don't have any reason to believe that his drug or alcohol addiction had Mm -hmm. anything to do with his death, but that certainly comes up in the mind of people when when uh, there is an untimely passing. Um, so hopefully we will know sooner rather than later in so far as it allows people to grieve and, and move on. And if you weren't a Friends fan, he had plenty of other credits. Oh, yeah, and let's movies. talk like, about that. Yeah, Fools Rush In with Summer Hike was is great. He made a movie with Ned Cabell called Through the Tango. And then, of course, him and Bruce Willis made the whole nine yards, the whole ten yards. He had a three-episode arc on The West Wing. Um, he di- And then he did guest spots on The Good Wife, which I love. And then he was with Courtney Cox on Cougar Town. He did an episode of that. He did an episode with Lisa Kudrow on Web Therapy. I mentioned him playing Ted Kennedy in The Kennedys After oh, yeah. Cam a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see him going a little bit more dramatic, and then he did a version of The Odd Couple on CBS uh, uh, 2015 and I, 2017. If I read that correctly, he wrote for that? For The Odd Couple? Yeah. Because uh, in the New York Times piece that I was reading, they talked about him having written some. Let me go to and there. I think that was one of the things yes. that was yep. referenced. Developed for television by um, by Matthew Perry. Uh, Mr. The- Sunshine, he did there, like a season of that show. And apparently his memoir, and again, if you read it or followed that coverage at the time, you probably knew this, I didn't, that he really wrote that memoir with his own words, yeah. and it wasn't ghostwritten. Mm-hmm. He wrote it mostly in the notes app on his phone. Oh, my God. Which, uh, you know, the, the woman who was, I believe, his editor at the publishing company that published the book talked about just what a special gift his ability to write mm-hmm. was that is so, a talent. which is no small thing it's a no. very big talent mm-hmm. because these days most of the time you Not know memoirs are are, written. yeah yeah britney spears but i will say not to just put in another plug for Britney Spears' memoir, there is a lot of her voice in there. You can tell it's not just a ghostwriter. Like some of well, the casual that... speech that comes out of her mouth in that book, it's clear that they let her try to be as much herself as possible. Yeah, and if a ghostwriter can write in the voice of yeah. the person, yeah. you know. Talent. Right. Um, Paul McGuire Grimes, it's hard to believe, but oh, okay. we've already come to the end of the show. I cannot believe it. There is still one segment left, and that segment involves a game. I don't know what kind of game we're playing. The last time you filled in, it was a Golden Girls-themed game. Yes. And we killed, Absolutely. if I remember correctly. We killed so hard, we almost killed the host. Yeah. Because we <laughs> he were made it so darn easy. how easy <laughs> his questions were. What if Sophia carry around with her? <laughs> Mike. Yes. It's okay. It's right. not you. When we come back, we'll find out what challenge Mike has laid out for us again, right here on Mike. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Thank you for being with us. We have had a blast, even though it's been kind of a heavy day. And also look outside. It's been kind of a gross weather day. I was like, if you mention the S word. Oh, my God. Well, Mike is the one who mentioned the S word. 
Uh, you guys really just don't like me right now, but no, uh, it's what I'm total... getting paid to do is to tell you about <laughs> the personal. Forget, I know. Uh, an inch of snow accumulation expected through the overnight tonight, so we might wake up with snow in the for the first time. <laughs> That's yeah. nasty. <laughs> yeah, let's just get here. right to the damn game because <laughs> I can't handle this. Time now to play along. It's Game Show Roulette. Here's your host, Mike Ganger. It is that time once again for Game Show Roulette. I normally spin the wheel and we pick a game show we are going to play. I'm going to customize it a little bit today. We're actually going to play uh, a different game. We're going to play... Uh, a listery pop quiz. Listery pop listery quiz. Pop it's a list from history. A listery pop quiz about a specific topic. Now, I've got uh, three different options for you guys to choose from, but it's all about SNL Ooh, today. Ooh, okay. Yeah. This should yeah. be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, this is kind of a... You know your SNL, Paul? I, yes. Paul yeah, knows do. his Paul SNL. Paul is very I knew, SNL I knew. heavy. Um, so I'm going to allow Bradley to go first. So basically, and, I'm going to... <laughs> we don't know that for sure. <laughs> Not necessarily. No, if, please. He's a guest on our program. Yeah, if we were putting odds on it, I'd say he's a pretty heavy favorite. But yeah. I have a list. First off, I have the list of the people who have hosted five times or more. Oh, okay. I have a list of the most often performed musical guests from the show. Okay. And I have a list of the most appeared cast members from the show. I doubt we're going to get through all three, so I'll let you two make a decision. Where do you want to start? Are we playing together? Nope, you're going to play no, against each other. No, Friday. We only yeah, play together right. on Friday, mm-hmm. so we have to pretend like we don't like each other. Yep. So what What do you guys think? This is the only part where you do get you to want... work together. Which What would you prefer? Cast members, hosts, or musical, musical guests? guests. What do you want to go with? I'm going to let you pick, Paul. Oh, God. Um, cast members. All right. Going to go with cast yeah. members. Yeah. Okay, so I have the list here. Uh, on this list, we've got uh, 14 names. So these are all ca- the top cast members. I will say all of these people have been on at least nine seasons. Ooh. Now, I'm going to have Bradley go first. He's the underdog here. Bradley, can you name somebody on that list? Wait, so just to be clear... Yep. I know this sounds. Well, you're, uh, you're saying they've not guest hosted. No, no, we're talking about the cast members. These are members of how the cast. Long? Not how you're just naming anybody who appears on this list. Yeah. So the number these are cast members that have been at least nine seasons or more. Keenan Thompson. That's the number one. Nicely done. You got one. The number two. Is Daryl Hammond? Yep, he might just go right down this list, isn't he? Uh, we'll go to the second, or go back to you, Bradley. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman is not on this list. Oh. I'm checking again just to make sure. No, no Phil Hartman on the list. Back over to you, Paul. Oh, you got two strikes, and then we'll move on to the next list. Um, two strikes each. Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph is Maya Rudolph on oh. that list. She oh. is. She was one of them that uh, appeared nine seasons. Back to you, Bradley. You got one more strike to work with. Oh, God. This is so hard. Um, I am going to say the person. <laughs> who always does this. Stop it. <laughs> the just, person I'm to pull a name out of who my was butt. on that sketch show called SNL at <laughs> least nine seasons. <laughs> he played those characters, and his name was. His name was Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Sorry, you are out, Bradley. Uh, This means you can go on a run here, Paul. Get as many as you can. You already have a 2-1 lead. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon is absolutely on the list. She's uh, in that tie for the fourth spot with 11 seasons. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell on the list? Uh, No. 
Okay. So that is your second strike. It is a 3-1 lead after our first list. Some names you missed. Uh, 13 seasons, number three on the list. Seth Meyers. Oh, oh, yeah. Then two people tied Kate McKinnon at 11 seasons. Fred Armisen Fred. and Al Franken. Oh, Al Franken was he came back, didn't he? It was seventy-seven to eighty, and then eighty-six for one season, and then eighty-eight until ninety-five. Stuart Smalley, that was those days. Remember? Yes. Addie Bryant, Tim Meadows, Cecily Strong, Colin Jost, Kyle Mooney, Bobby Monahan, Kevin Nealon, and Jason Sudeikis—all other names you could have given me. Wow. Um, Let's. (laughs) We just. Screwed that one. Hey, it's it's you, but got, hey, you got some three to one some. is yeah. our score. Paul right. has the lead. Good job, uh, Paul. You Thank want to you. jump over to well, let's jump over to musical. Okay, because okay. hosts are going to take a long time. There's a lot of them here. Um, I might have to condense the list if we get to it. But let's start with musical guests. So between the two of you, again, you got two strikes, Bradley. I'm going to let you go first. Who do you think the most oh, often geez. performing musical guests are from SNL? And I will tell you, everybody on this list has performed at least six times. On SNL. Okay. I would like to say that I believe uh, <laughs> who the heck? This is not boding well for me. I'm going to say you too. You too. <laughs> no, you too has not had uh, at least six appearances on they SNL. I haven't even been on one. How about you, uh, Paul? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Not six times. Excuse me. Not six times. All right, back over to you, uh, Bradley. And if you guys strike out real quickly, we'll jump over to that host list. No worries. Okay, so you got to think of somebody who's like been around. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, Mm. the boss. No. (laughs) Paul Simon. There you go. That's That's number two on the list. Paul Simon, you're up to a 4 1 lead. You've got control here because Bradley's out. Foo Fighters. Uh, That is number. Three on the list with eight appearances. Now Nicely he's done. Cooking. Five to one. Um, the number one. So we didn't get the number one. You yes. have still yet to get the number one. And I'll say it's kind of a trick. Mm, mm. Yep. I know what it is. Oh, I is thought it of this. The Blues Brothers? Nope. Oh. G E and the what is the house band? Nope. Nope. Oh. Nope. Nope. It's kind of a trick because you've already said the individual's band. But he has appeared six other times with his previous band, as well as as a solo act. Dave Grohl is the number oh. one, of course, from the Foo Fighters. He performed twice with Nirvana, and he's also guest appeared individually with Paul McCartney one time, also with a few other bands uh, in his time. Uh, Tom Petty also on the list that you missed. You've got Eminem, Kanye I West. I was going to say Kanye. Yep. Sting, Beck, Coldplay, and Randy Newman. All also on the Randy list. Randy Newman. All right, so how we're going to do this, because we still got some time here yeah. to roll through. It is still a 5-1 to one lead in favor of Paul. We'll see if uh, Bradley can make an epic comeback as we move on <laughs> to hosts. And I'm just going to give you people who have hosted six times or more to help uh, move us along. Here. Okay. So, And again, you'll have two strikes. Anybody who's hosted yes. at least six times. Tom Hanks. You're going to go with Tom Hanks. Absolutely. Tom Hanks uh, hosted ten times. <sighs> Over to you, uh, Paul. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin is the number one answer, 17 times hosted. Nice job. Back to you. Uh, Can we do former cast members? Of course. Bill Murray. Bill Murray is... No, he is just outside five times hosted, Bill Murray. Who did you say first, Paul? 
I said Alec Baldwin. Oh, Alec. Ba- oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess now is Steve Martin. You're gonna go Steve Martin. Yes, that was number two until uh, Alec. Well, actually, no, he just got up to number two. Sixteen appearances. Uh, Paul is running away with this. Seven to two. Now our score. Back over to you, Bradley. Um, I am gonna say Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is not on the. Oh my God! He's not hosted he, at least five times. He's only hosted, I think, once, maybe yep. twice. Because okay. he was a cast member for a long time yeah. and then well, left. And only recently came yeah. back to house. Can you go on a run just to show Come off on. a little bit here, show Paul? Off, Paul? I mean, I'm trying to think of the Five Timers Club, which yep. I know Candace Bergen is in. Yeah, Melissa the, McCarthy's in. The problem is, I, get, I yeah, we got it. We said more than that because yeah, I know, you're, you're you naming said six. Yep. That's why I got, I'm trying to think of that. Because it's a long list when you do the five. When you do the five timers, you got to include Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, Jonah Hill, The Rock, Melissa McCarthy, Ben Affleck, JT, yeah. Bill Murray, and Candace Bergen. Yeah. There's so people. yeah. Any other guess? Hosting the person uh, who one of the people tied for six actually has the longest window between their first appearance hosting and their most recent appearance hosting. It was separated by twenty four years. Oh God, they were very young the first time. Drew Barrymore. Yep, there you go. You oh, got that's that a one great from one. that clue. Yep. Uh, Drew Barrymore hosted six times. First appearance was November twentieth, nineteen eighty two. She was like most, seven. Yeah, most recent was in two thousand seven. Or sorry, no, there was one more, I guess, in 2009. But uh, there was a 24-year gap there. Anything else? Anybody else? As we're wrapping up here today, playing a little listery Bob quiz. I mean, Will Ferrell. Uh, no, nope. Will Ferrell did not host that many times. Uh, John Goodman, Goodman was third on the list. Yep. Uh, back in the day, Buck Henry, Buck Henry. actually oh, has yes. 10 yes. appearances. He was like host. the first host, I think. The biggest one I think you're missing, Chevy Chase. Okay. Yeah. Eight times. Wow. Christopher Walken, uh, seven Walken. times. You yep. had Elliot. Oh, Christopher Walken for sure. Elliot yeah. Gould was. Uh, Why aren't you calling? Danny DeVito and then uh, Mrs. Cullen Jose, Scarlett Scar- Johansson, Scar-Jo. six times, and finally Tina Fey, six times as well. Colin's been well, on the show a long time too, like as like longest running cast members. He's been. Nine seasons. Yep. yep. He was on that list uh, earlier. Yeah. Well, you're definitely one of the top 10 uh, <laughs> villain hosts here on the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn with the most appearances. Thank you. Now, you got anything to plug coming yes. up? Yes. Uh, my movie series at Imagine Theaters, the fourth Sunday of every month. This month, it's The Big Chill. December, meet me in St. Louis. January, it's all the presents men. So go to my website, paulstreetforthemovies.com or just Thank to Imagine Thank you Theaters. for being with us today, Paul. Mike, thank you for doing all that you do every day.